Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Good morning, everybody. Uh, okay, th- this is about as weird as I've ever, uh, I've ever had it. Uh, <laughs> I've never preached, uh, to such a small crowd. Uh, there is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of us. So we got room for one more. Uh, and, and, yeah, and, and five dogs. So, uh, hopefully dogs don't, uh, dogs don't count, but, um, first off, I want to say thank you to Daniel Garcia, our, uh, one of our board members that is in charge of our live streaming and, uh, various other things, uh, Daryl and Brett that are on our security team, Sarah, who is our admin and her husband, Mike, that is always so faithful. And then Ty and Mitch and myself and the, and that that's all that's here. So, uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's really, I hope I'm able to do this with as much gusto as I can without there being 200 people here, but I will do my best. Uh, I want to give a shout out. There's some some great news. And and I know most of you aren't going to know who I'm talking about, but there's a guy named John Perkins and John is just the the salt of the earth. You know, uh, he has been faithful since we first started Save the Cowboy and he was recently diagnosed with cancer and he's had some, uh, toes amputated and stuff like that. Well, he called me the other day and he had a bone marrow, uh, test and the doctor walked in and told him that he was in remission. So, uh, it, it's just amazing. Me and Ty and Mitch and Brett all went to John's hospital room not too long ago and did a baptism, uh, right there in the hospital room. And, uh, when we walked in, um, some of the nerd, you know, we walked in like we own the place because that's what we do. And uh, we walked in and we just was going to trounce over to his room and they stopped us and they're like, can we help you? And we're like, yeah, we're here to see John Perkins. And they're like, oh, you must be here for the baptism. So he had told everybody about it. And uh, a lot of the nurses have been watching on live stream now. And, and I, I just want to give a shout out to all of the healthcare and not, not just because of the virus and everything that's going on now. But, you know, th- those people are there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no n- no holidays. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Christmas morning, there's somebody going to be there to give their time and their talents and their treasure to to help others. And it, it's just amazing of we are so fortunate to live in the country we do. So uh, St. Luke's Presbyterian, right? That's what it was. St. Luke's Presbyterian in Denver. I want to give a shout out to all those nurses out there and nurses all across the country and the doctors that are are helping people in this time. So uh, I hope you are at home and I hope you have your Bibles. If you do, turn with me to Romans chapter 9. 
<laughs> we are wearing pants. Next week when we're at the ranch, I'm not sure if we'll have pants on or not, but you know, that's just, that's one of the things. But we all do have pants on and I hope y'all are wearing pants too. Um, so me and Ty were, uh, and I don't remember if Mitch was there or not, but but we went to a branding one time and, and it was all dirt, but it was like somebody strategically placed about, oh, I don't know, maybe like 100 or 150 rocks in the branding pen that ranged from, you know, maybe golf ball to, to the size of oranges, just sporadically, you know, set in this branding pen. And it was like right where you needed to step, there was going to be a rock right there. And you have never rolled your ankle until you have rolled it in a pair of high-heeled stovetop boots with a pair of shotgun leggings on and tie strings and everything like that. You know, and, you know, here comes a horse dragging a, you know, a, a calf. And you go to flank it and you step on one of these things and, and you roll your ankle all the way over. And, you know, we all have bad ankles as it is already. And, and then you try to catch your balance and you step on your tie string or the fringe on your shafts or something. And you fall forward as a horse is dragging the calf and, and all chaos ensues. Um, you know, you start windmilling your arms and, and it never fails that where you are going to fall on your hands and knees, you are going to put your hand or your knees into about nine pounds of fresh bovine Hershey squirt and try to look cool while you do it. Okay. I mean, that, that is it right there, right? I mean, th that, that is, that is the essence of cowboying. By the time it was my turn to rope, I had high ankle sprains in both ankles and I had blown out nine ACLs. I didn't even know I had nine ACLs, but I had blown them all out. So the other day, I, I mean, it was a couple of days ago, whenever I sent Sarah the, uh, the little picture that we use for our deal on what I'm going to be preaching about, my wife asked me, she goes, what are you going to be preaching about? And I read her the scripture. And I told her that, you know, uh, about this Brandon pen that we were in and everything. And I, and I mentioned high heeled cowboy boots and she just starts giggling and she totally missed the point because, you know, she said that she'd never look at cowboys the same again. Cause all she could picture is all of us in cowboy boots and spurs with, you know, like four inch heels and yes, stiletto heels walking around a Brandon pen. And I said, that's what it feels like. And if you ever go to a Brandon with me and Ty, if the trailers are close enough, we always run back and forth to change boots because it is, it is just a, uh, it's painful. I mean, it really is. When you roll your ankle yeah, you, you know, you roll your ankle in one of those high heel boots because you got spurs on. And when, you're, when your ankle rolls, that, that spur, I mean, it totally just bites into you. It's just, it's horrible. That, that's all I got to say about it. But what was the scripture that I read my wife? It's found in Romans chapter 9, verses 30 through 32. 
It'll make a lot more sense what I'm saying. Paul says, what does this all mean? Even though the Gentiles were not trying to follow God's standards, they were made right with God. And it was by faith that this took place. But the people of Israel who tried so hard to get right with God by keeping the law never succeeded. Why not? Because they were trying to get get right with God by keeping the law instead of by trusting in him. They stumbled over the great rock in their path. Let me read that last part one more time. Why not? Because they were trying to get right with God by keeping the law instead of trusting in him. They stumbled over the great rock in their path. Jesus is that great rock. I mean, in the Old Testament, you know, Paul ends up quoting Isaiah and Jeremiah and and all these other not, not just here, but, but in, in later passages uh, of talking about Jesus is the rock. He's the cornerstone. You know, um, there's another one that says that if, if you fall over this great rock, you will, be, you will be broken into pieces. And if the rock falls on you, you will be crushed. This is all in reference to Christ and what he did on the cross. But it's not just the Jews that were guilty of tripping over the rock. It's even us as as Gentiles, as the Bible puts us, those that were not born of the Jewish faith, they end up tripping over the rock. I titled this sermon, Quit Tripping, because I mean, we need to, I mean, it's a play on words, obviously, but we need to quit tripping over the things that, that God has already done for us. And and I'm going to list three ways that we trip all over what God has done by sending Christ. The first way is we start tripping because we try to be good enough to get into heaven. We try to be good enough. I mean, in, in the beginning, man, we know that we are saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man should boast. But then as soon as we start following Christ, man, we, we, we start trying to follow the law and we, we start knowing how much we're sinning and and we get all in a tizzy. But, you know, going to church every Sunday, even even what y'all are doing now of of tuning in on live stream, um, watching church or, or going to church isn't going to get you to heaven. It's not. Getting baptized is not going to get you into heaven. Is it important? Absolutely. It's a, it's an outward expression of our inward faith where we identify with, with God, with Jesus's death, burial and resurrection. It's vastly important to our faith, but it's not a requirement for getting into heaven. You just because you're baptized, doesn't give you the Willy Wonka golden ticket into heaven. It's the first step of, of a larger journey that we're on. You know, even what we do at Save the Cowboy, and Ty talked about it, giving meat away, man, that is not going to get us into heaven. There is no good work that is going to get us into heaven. Now, a lot of people might be sitting there thinking, well, you know, what, what's the point in all of this? I mean, if, if being good isn't going to get us into heaven, then, then why should we do it at all? Well, you know what? It's good news, and let me explain that. 
Follow me if you will. If you can't do anything good enough to get into heaven, then that also means that you can't do anything bad enough to get into hell. And I know that there's going to be a lot of religious people. Hopefully they're not watching this because this is not for them. Save the Cowboy is a sick pen for sinners, not a show ring for saints. But there is nothing that you have done in your life that is good enough to get you into heaven. But there is no sin for those that have faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone that is going to get us into hell. I ask people all the time, how do you get to heaven? And they always, not always, but most of the time they answer correctly and they say, faith in Jesus. And I'm like, great. How many ways are there to heaven? They say one faith in Jesus Christ. I said, how many ways are there to hell? And they say, oh, there's millions. No, there's not. There's just one. There's just one. If Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you get in. If he's not, then it it doesn't matter how good you are. So does this mean that we can go on sinning and still get to heaven? Paul talked about that. He said, no. You know, the, the, he asked the rhetorical question. So do we go on sinning that God's grace may abound? No. We live Christ-like lives, not so that we will be saved, but because we are. That is the reason that we do. Because God poured out his grace and mercy. He sent his son to live a perfect life. That was the only one that could obey the law to to the perfection. The law was never meant to save us. It was merely to point out that we needed a savior. And whenever God sent his son to be that savior for us, to do what we couldn't do on our own. That is when we were saved. We start tripping because we try to be good enough to get into heaven. We will never be good enough to get into heaven. And we start tripping because Jesus values things that are contrary to the way the world works. Let me explain that. See, Jesus taught that love and humility are great signs of strength. But the way the world operates, humility and love are signs of weakness. Um, Social media is just a tool, okay? Most of you may be watching from social media or something, and and I'm not criticizing anybody that has ever shared this or said this or anything like that. But if you want to pet one of my peeves, say something like, well, you know what? I'll treat you like you treat me. No, no, that is not what God said. He said, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. He didn't say do unto others like they do unto you. Okay? Those are two separate things. We are not puppets. We are not, you know, just because somebody comes up and treats us bad doesn't give us a hall pass for treating other people bad. You want to talk about the person that was treated the worst and he was perfect. And that was Christ. You're not a puppet. Don't let other people uh, pull your strings. You know, if you go to work on an outfit, let's just say 
that you're going to come to work for the Long X Ranch. Save the Cowboys uh, two ranches. If you're going to go to work on, the, on, on our outfit, you're going to have to do what Ty says to do. And you're going to do it the way Ty says to do it. Now, Ty is humble enough, and I know him enough, that none of us think we're perfect. But when Ty says that we're going to go out there and gather the cattle this way, you don't go out there and blow it up and do it your own way because you'll get run off. I mean, that, that's the simple fact of it. The, your opinion matters little. And when we start riding for God, we have to do things his way not our way. That is the essence of humility. And when we say that we are humble and that we love others, a lot of times people will trip over that because the world sees that as weakness and it's not weakness, it's strength. So even us Gentiles, even us that came later into the grace of God, man, we still trip over Jesus because he preached us to do this And the way the world operates is this, and we end up stumbling. And the third part of the ways we trip over the great rock is we start tripping because we use the good news as a weapon instead of a cure. This is called self-righteousness. And you know what? Listen, man, I'm one of you. I am just as guilty as anybody. But cowboys are especially susceptible to self-righteousness because we pride ourselves on our work ethic uh, of getting up early. And it doesn't matter, you know, uh, on Friday we had a blizzard and, and we're still checking our stock. We're still checking the horses. We're still doing all of the things that we do regardless of the weather conditions. We pride ourselves in, a work, in our work ethic and we use it as a tool of condemnation instead of being an example to the lost and dying world. We, we, we think ourselves as better than everybody else because of how hard we work. You know, we should work hard, but we should work hard as an example to others, not using it as a tool for condemnation. We pride ourselves on adversity through hard times. We tend to look down on those that don't have our upbringing. You know, cowboys are are a prideful breed and, and, and there's nothing wrong with being proud of the life that you live, but there's a difference in being proud of the life you live and having pride over and above comparing yourself to others. We pride ourselves on our strength to get back on. I mean, that that is like the epitome of the cowboy way of life. If you get bucked off, you got to get back on, you know. And and we condemn those that are weaker than ourselves. We, We should not use that as a tool for condemnation, but as an example for others to follow that even when times are bad, man, you get back up. You get back up and you get back on. Jesus had the greatest work ethic there ever was. And you know, I mean, not to be able to paraphrase Jesus's whole life, but you know what his work ethic comprised of? Prayer, humility, and love. 
Prayer, humility, and love. And, and all three of those things are what God says is strength in, in the world. And the world says that those are weaknesses. We already talked about that. Jesus showed us how to handle adversity. You know, as they were, there ain't none of us, none of us that have ever lived a perfect life never made one mistake, never made one sin, and then, as a result, been nailed to a cross. But Jesus was. And you know, as they were nailing him to the cross, when they lifted him up, you want to know what his reaction to that adversity was? After he had a crown of thorns you know, shoved on his head and he was flogged beyond all recognition, he was nearly killed just by the flogging, much less nailed to a cross. And you know what he said during his time of adversity? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Luke 23, 34. And Jesus showed us what true strength really looks like. And he said it in John 15, 13 as a foreshadowing of what he would do for not just though not just his disciples but for me for Mitch for Ty for Sarah Mike Daryl Brett Stephen Daniel and you greater love hath no man than this that he lay down his life for his friends that's what true strength looks like is the willingness to give everything you've got, not just until you're tired, not just until you're worn out, not until, you know, not as long as things are convenient, but giving everything that you've got until, until you have absolutely nothing left, until you can say, as Jesus did, it is finished. Paul said, I have run the race. I have poured out my life as a love offering. Can we say the same? Most of us can't because we keep tripping. We keep tripping over these things of what we think authentic Christianity looks like. That we have to be good enough to get into heaven. We will never be good enough to get into heaven. Now we do good things not because so that we will be saved, but because we are. We will value that humility and love are the signs of strength and you know what we're going to use the good news as a cure not as a weapon you know i was watching a movie just the other night with my wife because there's not much else to do once the chores are done and and i heard a statement and it said knowing the truth is not half as important as what you do with it and I have seen too many Christians that just go around and they know the truth, but they use it as a weapon to bash and condemn others. That's never what God intended. What he intended was for that truth, the truths that we've talked about today uh, of, of depending on Christ, of knowing that humility and love are signs of strength, not weakness. And that knowing that the good news is a reason for the cure 
not something to beat somebody over the head with. If you've never been, if you've never tripped and fallen in a branding pen, you haven't been to very many brandings. <laughs> right? <laughs> you usually get hit by a rope. You'll never be good enough. You'll never be a good enough cowboy to get into heaven. Top hands aren't those that don't make mistakes. They're the ones that learn from them and keep on keeping on. What the world thinks of strength is really weakness. And what the world says is weakness is really strength according to God. And the power of the truth doesn't lie in knowing the truth. But what you do with it. With that being said, let's go to God in prayer. Father, help us to rely totally and only on your finished work on the cross. God, we can't be good enough to earn our way to heaven. You are not indebted to us because of our good works, but we are indebted to you based upon your grace and your mercy. God, let us share this good news with others without condemnation. And it's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us for another clinic. Before you ride off, we have a special gift for you. Save the Cowboy has a brand new app available for iPhones and Android smartphones and tablets. You never have to miss another message, and we've thrown even more stuff in. There's a Bible, our full unedited clinics, Cowboy devotionals, videos. You can even order our books or call and talk to me. That's a ton of stuff that will keep you riding right beside the Lord for years to come. Please download it by searching your app store for Save the Cowboy, and don't forget to lend us a hand if God has blessed you and you like what we're doing. Just text Save the Cowboy to 77977. That's Save the Cowboy to 77977. For Save the Cowboy, I'm Kevin Weatherby. Stay out of the wire.